With me in the studio today is Maine State Treasurer and Pete Buttigieg supporter, Henry Beck. Welcome, Henry Beck. Good morning, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. And so you were at the Pete Buttigieg event last night in Portland, Maine. Is that true? Yes, that is true. I had a, gave a nice introduction, and uh, it was a, you could feel the energy in the room, a huge crowd. It was very exciting. And I noticed that you were um, kind of cool in your introduction, kind of, hey, everyone, in a blue suit, no tie. Did you actually spend any time thinking about what you were going to wear, or had it been such a busy day that you just went on stage? I thought about it a lot, actually. And, uh, I actually asked my mom what I should wear, and she said, well, you don't want to wear what he's going to wear, and the problem is you've been dressing like him since you were 12. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, well, but- speaking of your mom... Uh, Justice Michaela Murphy, I think listeners should know that I am an attorney and I have a case before her, full disclosure, Uh, but I am pleased to know that she gives you advice on your wardrobe. (laughs) Now, is this, would you say introducing a Democratic presidential candidate is one of the most important introductions you've given, or in your capacity as state treasurer, is this kind of now just another walk in the park? No, I mean, it was it was a special opportunity and, and a big deal. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed giving a, a commencement address to uh, Kennebec Valley Community College uh, one time. I probably practiced more f- uh, for that, but it, w- it, was a, it was a real honor to introduce him to Portland, Maine. Now, uh, you are the state treasurer, and but we know each other because we served in the House of Representatives. You also serve as a private attorney. Um, as state treasurer, the, the, the position itself is defined in the state constitution and you're not allowed to be engaged in businesses, and there's various restrictions, but apparently you can um, be politically active. And we know that because all of the treasurers preceding you <laughs> have been politically active, but is it, is it a fine line that you navigate very carefully, or is it easy to be a Pete Buttigieg supporter and at the same time serve as the state treasurer? It's something I thought about, and certainly in my, in my day-to-day, the work we do is essentially non-political, certainly non-partisan. Um, by the Constitution and by design and by tradition, I am a political figure, um, and you know I, I work with the, all members of the legislature, but especially the Democratic Caucus, and so I thought carefully about my choice and wanted to be respectful. There's some diverse voices in the House and Senate. The governor is neutral right now in the presidential race, but... Uh, someone like Mayor Pete, his message itself is uh, positive and hopeful and productive, and so I, I didn't hesitate. Now, there was some pretty influential Democrats in the crowd as well, including Speaker of the House Sarah Gideon, who's running for U.S. Senate against Susan Collins, and the crowd was very enthusiastic about her. Are you openly supporting Sarah Gideon for the United States Senate as well? I am, and that's that's partially based on the work that I've done with her. She's actually my office right now is in the middle of implementing a, a, a great program that she designed, <clears throat> pardon me, a property tax refund program. Um, and I've worked with her, known her for a long time. No Betsy Sweet, actually, really do have a lot of respect for her. Um, but I'm with Sarah in this primary, certainly. Now, Pete Buttigieg has been described by The Atlantic magazine as the intellectual liberals candidate. And um, he kind of went down the laundry list of, you know, Um, hit parade issues for liberals. He talked about religion. He talked about um, gay rights. He talked about women's reproductive health, gun reform, um, the environment. Do you think a candidate like Pete Buttigieg can attract the, what generally is referred to as, you know, the the heartland, the guys in trucks out in the Midwest? 
I, I do. I mean, he that description to me sounds a lot like Barack Obama in, say, 2007, 2006, early 2008. Um, looking forward, that's one reason I'm supporting him. I, I do believe, based on his background and skill, he can appeal to a broad spectrum of people, including in the Midwest and Ohio and uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, being a son of Indiana. So I think you're seeing some of that messaging in the primary, but as is typical, once he's the nominee, uh, it'll be a more... Um, a broader message that will uh, ultimately be victorious. Now he's had some challenges. Obviously, his star started really rising after that CNN town hall, where you know the numbers came in as far as fundraising. He's just off the charts. However, charts. However, in the polls, he's still struggling to to gain recognition. Um, how important is it for him to do well in Iowa and New Hampshire, in your view? I think it's important. I mean, he. Where he is right now, just to sort of geek out on some political history, he's probably where John Kerry was at this point. John Kerry ended up winning Iowa. Um, I can't really speak for the campaign, but I, I bet Iowa is important. Uh, my, you know, his message there is really resonating. I think he'll be in beyond Iowa and New Hampshire through South Carolina, and uh, I think he's in for the long haul. Now, people might be curious, how is it that someone gets picked to introduce a presidential candidate? Like, what actually happened? Did you get a phone call, or did you ask to do it? How does it work? Um, I didn't. I didn't explicitly ask. I'm, I'm not that shameless yet. I've only been in politics a few years, um, but I've been working with this campaign and helping organize people here uh, in Maine. And um, they, the call came through a few days before to ask, and I didn't hesitate to uh, say yes. Now, one of the uh, stumbling blocks he's had has revolved around race and racial issues. Uh, in part because of incidents that took place in his home state of Indiana. At last night's gathering in Portland at the State Theater, my observation was that there was primarily a, a white crowd. Um, he did speak about issues that, of course, all issues affect all races when it comes to the economy and, and justice. However, prison reform in particular is, a, is a, an issue that is especially important to an African-American populace. But on the other hand, Iowa and New Hampshire are, are white states. So how does a presidential candidate tackle these complex social issues like race in a crowd in Portland, Maine, but at the same time appeal to the, to the wide swath of, of, of voters across the country? Well, I think your question illustrates his strength and uh, his strategy is that he'll talk about race to any audience, no matter where he is, whether he's in Portland, Maine, or uh, Chicago, Illinois. Um, one, you know, a classic Mayor Pete move, he released the, uh, what he's calling his Marshall Plan, a plan uh, targeted to the African-American community. And uh, before he did that, he actually um, wrote a note to the family of Thurgood Marshall asking for permission uh, to use his name. Uh, and, of course, they, they were delighted. And I think that just illustrates uh, his approach and his leadership style. And uh, it's a great plan, and I, I think it will really resonate as we go on through the process. He also um, spoke to feminists by encouraging all men um, to stand shoulder to shoulder with women as feminists. Do you think that, um, well, first of all, let me ask you, do you describe yourself as a feminist? I do, uh, you know, defined as believing that men are, are, are and women are equal and should have equal opportunity. Uh, so yes, I do. Do you think that there's potential for Republican ad <laughs> saying that Pete Buttigieg wants all men to be feminists on the horizon. I don't know. When I heard him say that men should be feminists, I immediately thought of a Republican ad, attack ad. What do you think? There'll be a lot of uh, crazy Republican attack ads. Um, 
I think for him to say that, it's a strength. If you look at uh, what happened in 2018, American women really uh, came out and made their voices heard. So um, not worried about the Republican attack ads. And I think it's great. He says I'm, he's a feminist. I am one, too. What are you worried about in terms of the future? What are your concerns? You are the, um, you know, the treasurer of the state. You're in charge of the finances. You're the money <coughs> guy. Uh, we see signs in the newspaper and on the news of uh, – imminent recession, perhaps, with the inverted yield curve and um, other factors, the deficit being one of them, climate change. What, what are your major concerns? Many concerns. And of course, I'm not the state economist, but we pay attention to the economy. Uh, one thing I'm doing to prepare is that our state investments from the state cash pool, I'm asking that a lot of, uh, there's no further investment in prime commercial paper and then we start securing our money in overnight bank accounts and CDs because I do think we'll see um, a slowdown and you know who could have seen that uh, mortgage-backed securities were uh, the trigger for the, uh, the downfall in 2008 we don't know what that trigger will be uh, going forward but we're seeing certainly a cooling of the economy Treasury yields long-term Treasury yields are, are, are sort of comically low right now you talked about the yield curve um, for the state of Maine, I'm worried about our demographic challenges. I'm worried about our, you know, filling our workforce, having people of prime working age in the state, creating revenue for the state and starting businesses and having kids in school. That concerns me. Um, and I, I do think you, you talked about the laundry list. Mayor Pete talks a lot about sort of style and a governing contrast with Donald Trump. It'll be important for him and all Democrats to talk about economic issues going forward in 2020. Well, at the same time, or at least on the same day, that Pete Buttigieg was in Portland and you were there to support him, Republicans were gathering, <laughs> including um, Sean Moody, the gubernatorial candidate who lost to Janet Mills, former Governor Paula Page, and Bruce Poliquin, who served as a second district congressman as well as state treasurer, your position. And their message was that the economy under President Trump is just humming along and, and it is good and that it needs to continue. Do you think right now that the economy is strong or do you think the economy is weak? There are, you know, there are some classic indicators that still show strength in the economy. If you look at um, personal income in Maine, though, for example, personal income is up slightly, but that's because people are working often more than one job. Uh, so I think most Americans, most Mainers, believe that the economy is in good shape, but there are fundamental structural uh, challenges regarding uh, inequality, a lack of savings. Everyone talks about how there's no inflation anymore. I, I tend to think inflation has just sort of shifted to other things like health care and, and higher education. Internet. <laughs> e everything. Um, so uh, are the Republicans uh, wrong to have an economic message? Uh, they're, they're not wrong. We'll have to have our own and really speak to people and make sure that we understand that the most important thing is that people are earning good wages and they can uh, afford to uh, take their kids to the doctor if their kid is sick or buy their kids new soccer cleats. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure what was said at the, the rally with uh, Governor LePage and, and Mr. Moody and uh, Mr. Poliquin, but um, this will be about the economy, but I, that doesn't concern me. Pete Buttigieg also spoke quite... Um personally about his religion, and um, I'm not quoting him, but paraphrasing that he basically said that God doesn't belong to the Republican Party. And he has um, often used religion in um, talking about his sexual orientation and his um, 
position in, in politics on some of these social issues simultaneously being a Christian. Is it important to you as a Buttigieg supporter that the president has religious conviction? I think it's important that, that the president um, can talk openly about their faith, whatever faith that is. Um, and we as Democrats can't run away from talking about it. So many Democrats, you know, when politicians start talking about faith, we sort of turn away or, or stop listening. Um, that's one of his strengths and skills. Is it personally important to me, you know, how much he talks about his faith or what his faith is? Um, probably not, but I, I admire that about him, and that's what's, I think, serving him well on the campaign trail. Now, you mentioned one of your concerns is the demographics of, of increased numbers of, of seniors and elderly people. At the same time, Pete Buttigieg, at 37 years old, would be obviously a very young president. Do you think one of the challenges his campaign has is, at the, on the one hand, you know, attracting younger voters, on the other hand, convincing older voters that he actually does have the moral leadership that he claims to have? It's hard to it's hard to pin on him a laundry list of experiences at only 37 years old, rightfully so, but how, is there a problem for Pete in his age and the demographics that you're concerned about? Well, as I said last night, you know, I'm with him for, for many reasons, mostly though probably because I do think it's time for an, uh, a new generation of American leadership. And it's interesting, I think voters of all ages, particularly older voters, actually understand that innately and, and they think about that as they look towards the future. So. Uh, he is young. He is an audacious candidate. He'll be a little younger than uh, President Kennedy was when he took office. But, you know, his resume is impressive, you know, serving his country in the armed uh, forces as a mayor, as a scholar. So um, he is who he is. We can't, we can't change his age, um, but I don't think it's a hindrance. Speaking of young and rising stars, you have had a stellar career path, I would say, in your uh, years as a an attorney and politician. What's next for you? I, it's it's a very politician line, but I want to be state treasurer again uh, for another term. I've, it's terribly important work, as you alluded to. I'm, I'm not offended. A lot of people don't know exactly what we do, um, but you know the work that we do do with cash management and, and trust funds and the pensions and unclaimed property. It, it touches so many uh, main people and businesses, and it's a, a really cool feeling to go to work every day, knowing that that's something that. Um, we can make a difference on. All right, last question. Pete Buttigieg said that America is good when it has a project, and that kind of resonated with me. Um, I, I believe in projects, as my kids will tell you. Um, what, in your mind, is America's project? We have to tackle climate change head on, and I, I, you're seeing there is now, of course, there's scientific consensus, but I, I I think Republicans and Democrats and independents understand the challenge when they think about their kids and grandkids. And uh, if there's one uh, thing for us to rally behind, it should be that. And that can be our new American project. Well, Henry Beck, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.